Meseches Peah, Perik Beis, Mishnah Zayin, 2-7. The Torah, when talking about the mitzvah of Peah, says, Uvukutzrachem, when you are harvesting, in your harvesting, that means it has to be both your harvest, as opposed to someone else doing the harvesting for themselves, or taking it for themselves, and also the Torah is talking about you, a Jewish person, as opposed to, say, a non-Jewish person or an animal that does the harvesting. So the Mishnah will require that for Peah to be obliged in this field, it must be both that it's your harvest, you own it, and also that it's you, the Jew, who are doing the harvesting. Now, just to understand the mission properly, you have to remember the lumdus, the logic behind peah. Until one starts the harvest, having reaped the first ear of grain, so the field is all standing grain, and there is no way to give peah. The mitzvah peah is once you're harvesting, not to harvest till the end. So until the harvest begins, there's no such thing as peah, which is why a person couldn't hypothetically say, I want my entire field to pay for the neum, for the poor people. That doesn't work. But once you've harvested the first stalk of grain, now there's an obligation to not finish the harvest, and you can leave any amount that you want as pay, a little bit or a lot, according to the Torah. doesn't matter. Which means, as you start harvesting, grain by grain, so what's left standing, the obligation for that, for the pay part of it, devolves on what's left standing. So if, for argument's sake, a person, let's say, has 60 acres of field and he's harvesting it. So after you harvest the first acre, there's 59 acres left. Somewhere in that 59 acres has to be one acre for a payout, but it could be any of those 59 acres. And then when you harvest the next acre, so then what's left is of the 58 remaining acres of standing grain, one of them had to let this pay and so on. So that would mean that, and the mission will say now, that if the last bit, let's say when a person harvested down, he's harvested 58 of his 60 acres of wheat, now he's planning on leaving one of the two final standing ones as payah. If he then stops doing the harvesting, and let's say for argument's sake, a non-Jew comes and steals his remaining grain and harvests the last two acres for himself, the non-Jew's self, so then there'll never be an obligation of payah because when the non-Jew took the last two acres and harvested them, he wasn't able to fulfill the pasuk of uvukutzrachem, it didn't belong to him and he wasn't Jewish, and therefore there was no obligation of payah. And therefore, what he took, the non-Jew took and harvested, is totally exempt from Peah. Even if hypothetically he would return those two acres worth of grain to the Jew, still it's forever more exempt from Peah. Because he, who actually took the last bit, which had the mitzvah of Peah devolving on it, he who harvested it, um, he did it without a mitzvah of Peah, no obligation of Peah, and therefore the, that grain is exempt from Peah. And therefore the Mishnah says, Sadeh goyim. If you have a field and it was it was harvested entirely by non-Jews. The other gear says that's kusim, the proper gear is probably goyim. Meaning a non-Jew harvests the field. And we're not saying you're non-Jewish workers. That, of course, would be an extension of you. But if non-Jews come in the night, for argument's sake, and they just harvest the field for themselves, let's say, then what they harvest is exempt from payah. And, and, what they, and uh, even if it would come back to a Jewish person, what the Jewish person recovers is still exempt from payah. Similarly, katsura listim. If robbers you know, bandits come and steal the grain. Even if those bandits are Jews in the middle of the night, Jews come and sneak into your field and harvest your field for themselves, let's say. So what they harvest is exempt from payah. They can't leave payah. And again, the same thing, even if you would somehow recover your grain, still it's exempt from payah. Karsamua namalim. If hypothetically the field was chopped down by ants who gobbled up the stalks and made them fall, so they did the harvest, so to speak. Again, exempt because they're not kutzrachem, they're not you, they're ants. Or shibarta ruach. For argument's sake, the wind came and blew the stalks up and uprooted them. The harvesting is done by the ruach, the wind, and not by you, and therefore exempt from peah. 
O behema. Similarly, if an animal comes and does the uprooting, does the harvest for you, hypothetically, then um, the harvest would be exempt from peah. All those cases, patura. Now, based on the lumbus logic I explained at the beginning, hear this. Katsar chetia v'katsrulistim chetia. What happens if you harvest the first half of your field? You harvest the first 30 acres. Then tomorrow you're planning on the second 30 acres, leaving one of them as peya. But before the second day comes around, that night comes in the listim, the robbers, and they take your second half of the field for themselves. So the question is, how much peya must be left? The answer is none. Patura, the entire harvest is exempt from peya because the 30 that was remaining somewhere in there was the entire pay obligation. And when the non-Jew, or excuse me, the, the bandits came and he took it, so he was exempt from leaving Peah, and therefore there's no Peah to be left. Even if, hypothetically, the list and the robbers are Jewish and they wanted to do tshuva and reimburse the Aeneum, the poor people, it can't work. Since their harvesting was exempt from Peah, they can't leave Peah. Um, as the Mishnah says, Shechovas ha bekama. The obligation to leave Peah is only on the standing grain. So it means whatever's left standing only from that part is where the peah can be left. And whoever finishes the harvest, he's going to have to leave peah. And if that person's exempt or the animal's exempt from peah, then as that last bit of field is harvested, there's no peah to be left at all.